0: Currently, we're on this little journey through the book of Acts. Um, You ever been on a road trip? Have you ever been on a long trip by yourself? And you're just like trying to stay awake. You stop at, the longer you drive, the more you stop at every possible convenience store to get the biggest possible drink. Um, I've been known at nights to put on the air and just, I mean, in the wintertime, you has got the, the air blowing on you. I've actually, on the interstate, going about 85 miles an hour, put the window down and put my head out. Like, people are like, I, mean, I just put my tongue out and everything. If I'm going to look like a dog, I'll go the whole way, right? I mean, anyth- anything to stay awake at that point. Um, but you know when I don't typically get tired is when I do a road trip with a lot of people. Like, you pack the van full of way too many friends. More than there are seatbelts, and you pray that no one pulls you over, right? Um, those are fun. Have you ever been on a road trip like that? Yeah, those are a blast. And so I want you to think about this. Is kind of what we're doing. We're on this road trip through the book of Acts, and we're together. We're have. I hope you're having a blast. I'm having a blast. I'm and we're just three weeks in, but I'm loving it. And that's kind of where we are today. Okay, we're continuing this little road trip. Um, now, if we see you stick your head out and put your tongue out, it won't look cool here. We're probably going to call security and have you physically removed. Um, As a matter of fact, who wants to volunteer to try and see if we will call security? Parker? Yes, we can take you out. Wow. Whose son is that? Anyway. Um, (laughs) So Today, if there's ever a day that we probably need to kind of stop and recap what we've learned, it's today, all right? Um, and so, first week, we talked about Acts. Here's what we learned. We found that Jesus' approach in our lives is that he asks us to do things before we fully understand it, right? Remember that two weeks ago? It's not the way we are. We all agreed that even though it seems strange to our Western way of learning, we like to learn first and then do, it really isn't much different than what all of us know as parents. Remember that? it's what's the phrase that we all swore to ourselves we would never say but then as soon as we became parents we said it what do we say because i said so right and even some of you that aren't married yet you don't have kids you're going i know but i will never say it and i'm just telling you i would pay money to follow you through your life and see the look on your face the first time your kid does something you tell them no and they go why and you say because i said so We all get it. We live like this all the time. So we really do understand that principle. Jesus said in the first verse of Acts that it says Jesus began to do and teach. And we talk that's totally backwards from how we are in America. We we pay good money to go to college, to go to school so that we can be taught so that we can then do. But Jesus was totally opposite. He said go do it and we'll figure it out on the way. All right? And so while we might want to go, that's not how we are, I just want you to remember when we start thinking that we're a little bit better than that, just remember that you're a parent or you had a parent that believed that, and that's why they told you, just do it because I said so. I don't care if you understand, just do it. All right? Last week, Phil did a fantastic job of teaching us that at the end of the day, if we're gonna do something before we know it, it really comes down to trusting. We've got to trust God. So today, you're going to see that both of those are critical, all right? Um, When I was reading the passage, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. You can go ahead and turn there. When I was reading through this, the first part of Acts, it reminded me a little bit of um, when I was 16 years old. And uh, it was my birthday. And I had just gone to the DMV with my mom. And I got the license with the cheesy picture, you know, And we got in the car and she let me drive home. Now, I live on Knollwood Circle, which is exactly four tenths off of Highway 52. And so when you turn on the Knollwood Circle, you go down a little curve and up a little hill and there's this blind curve. And everybody that lives on Knollwood Circle, they drive on the wrong side of the road, everybody. And so I wanted to show my mom that I was a man and so I did not take that curve slowly because men don't go slow. Am I right, men? Let me hear you go. <laughs> that was weak, man. I got to be honest with you. That was like you were going. <coughs> <coughs> I would go, <coughs> but my wife's here, you know. Um, so, I mean, I took that curve. And in the middle of the curve, I heard my mom scream out, slow down, which freaked all of us out in the car, right? This is kind of where we're at in Acts chapter 2. If there's ever a blind curve, it's probably Acts chapter 2. And so what we're going to do is we're not going to try to breathe through it to show that we're spiritual, super spiritual Christians, okay? We're going to actually slow down. We're just going to take our time because the goal here is, one, that we get through Acts chapter 2 alive, right? Of course, you'll be alive. You will be alive, won't you? Is the person next to you still breathing? Y'all are very subdued today. It's a little scary. The goal is that we get through this and we're still together. And we're still having fun in the van on the road trip, sticking our heads out with the tongue. Okay? So we're going to slow way down today. Um, Sometimes, no matter how smart we think we are, it's probably good that slowing down is a good idea. So here we go. There's three things I want you to remember from Acts chapter 2. Three things I want you to understand about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because if you read chapter 2... So long, ver- long chapters, there's a lot of stuff going on there. But at the end of the day, it's about one thing. The early church received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say gift. You like gifts? Depends on who gives them, doesn't it? Depends on who gives them. I'm going to say this out loud, even though it's being videotaped, but we all have family members who give bad gifts, don't we? And you know who they are. That's why on Christmas morning when your mom and dad go, oh, look, a gift from... And you go, right? But then you have other family members who give great gifts. And so they go, you already, you, your parents don't have to tell you who gave that gift. You've already peeked into the tree. You know who, you know, oh, that's Uncle Bobby's gift, right? And so you're like, dude, I want that one first. I mean, you know. So it all depends on who gives you the gift, right? So we like gifts. If it's a good one, this is a good one, all right? Three things I want you to learn today about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Number one, let's talk about the reason for the gift. Why in the world did they give the gift of the Holy Spirit? Why did God give the church the gift of the Holy Spirit? Um, Just drop down Acts chapter 1 verse 8. We've read this a couple times. Let me read it to you again. Jesus said in verse 7, It's not for you to know the times or dates. The Father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Why was the church given the gift of the Holy Spirit? So that they would have power. Power for what? Uh, I will know. Just to have power. No, power for what? Power to save people? Power to testify? Look, just jot down John fifteen twenty six. Because I know we just read that you'll receive power and then you'll be my witnesses, right? How many of you don't like public speaking? Raise your hand. I don't either. I mean, I have to do it all the time, right? But like when I was in high school and college, um, college for me was a dark time because you had to do like oral reports You ever have to do an oral report in college? Um, Maybe you like that stuff. I've got friends who kind of, they have what you call the gift of gab, which means they can BS really well. I think that's what you say in layman's terms. So they, they could just get up and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and they'd do great, right? I wasn't that guy. Like I would panic for days on end before I had to get up. And then when I got up, you knew instantly that I was nervous because I would just start to sweat like crazy. I mean, like I would be... Doing a report, and I could I could feel the sweat starting to come down, and it was like a ski slope right here, you know. And then it wouldn't fall off; it would just kind of hang there. <laughs> like, what what do you do with that? <laughs> How do you do that subtly? You can't. There's just no way around it. I'm probably gonna start doing it now. Anyway, I hated it. Like when I got done with all reports, I, I look like I'd been in a shower, literally. I can't believe that Wendy married me after all this so when I need when I hear like you'll be my witnesses I read that and I right away say oh Jesus if you want me to be a witness for you I need some power okay some of us in the room are so good at just talking you're an extrovert you don't read that and go well yeah I need power you're just like I just need a victim I see somebody talk to, just point me in the right direction, I got this, okay? But those of us who are introverted, we can understand this. Why did you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? So that you'll have power. Why do you need power? Because you're going to go be my witnesses. John chapter 15, verse 26, just jot that down. It actually says there, Jesus said why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is one thing, point to Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It point. He points to Jesus. It's a lot like um, we had this happen last night. My family and I, we went to get our family pictures made, and I've got a couple family pictures. We're going to show you because this is not what we did. Um, you ever had Owen Mills pictures done? Yeah, I think we've got a couple of those. Do you have some of those to show? There's one. I love. What, beautiful, isn't it? That is not me or anybody that I know. But the next one's my favorite. They got creative at Owen Mills. I love that. How many of you have had Owen Mills pictures made of you in school? Now, when, if you get a church directory picture, it's kind of painless. It's kind of like that first picture. They just, you know, set you up in place and say smile. But if you're in school, I remember this so well. Like you go to in middle school, you sit down. This is what it's like. Um, come on, Paul. Just have a seat right here. Thank you. And if you'll just sit down. Now, I'm just going to turn you this way. Good, good, good. Now, if you straighten your back, okay. Now, if you'll just turn and look this way a little further. Good. Now, if you'll tilt your head. Good. That looks great. That looks great. Now, just look natural. What? Are you, what? I'm, I'm breaking my spine. This is not, that's why all, your, all of your school pictures look the same. Don't they? You've got that weird look like, I don't, I don't think I have gas, but something's going on in my body, and I don't know what it is, right? We did not get these pictures made. Thank the Lord. Times have changed. Everybody say amen. Now when you get family pictures done, um, we actually went downtown Concord, and we have, we're have we so blessed to have somebody that we know that's really good at this, and so we give them money. And they basically just followed us around for a couple hours snapping pictures. It was awesome. Like they had this little cool couch. We sit on it, and then they went, we got to go to Cabarrus Creamery, a little plug for that place, because if you haven't had their ice cream I mean, I know we got ice cream, Cabarrus Creamery's good stuff. So if you ever go to Concord, go there, and we got to get ice cream and just eat it. And while we're eating the ice cream, she's <laughs> she's walking around. <laughs> she's getting to put on a ladder, and we're just eating ice cream. And that's a lot like the Holy Spirit. And here's why: because as we're doing all this. As we're walking into Cabarrus Creamery, there's some people out on the sidewalk. And here's what they said to the photographer. Who are those people? <laughs> like, We are. I, I said, we're rock stars. That's what we are. Yes. They're like, she, said, she said, what are you taking pictures of? Why are you doing this? Because, see, the Holy Spirit can only do one thing. Point the camera at Jesus and click. Okay, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus so much that at some point, if we are like the early church, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, people will watch you and go, what is it about you? And you will find yourself not saying, well, I'm, I'm awesome. That's what it is about me. You've probably noticed it. Right? You'll say things like, Jesus, is, he loves me. You can't help. You'll just start talking about Jesus because that's what the Holy Spirit does. That was the reason for the gift of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit points people to Jesus. We become the photographer. Our lives are 100% pointed to and focused on Jesus. And as a result, people around us want to know more about him. Number two, the result of the gift. Now we've reached the part where people can get weird. Have you ever been in a weird Pentecostal church? Raise your hand. Okay. I have. There's just no other way around it. They can just be, they can just be weird, okay? Um, I remember, now, I was raised Methodist, okay? And so in the Methodist church, at least the one that I was a part of, when they said we're going to have congregational prayer, that meant the preacher was going to pray and the congregation was going to just be quiet. They might close their eyes, but more than likely they would just look around. So you had the preacher with the black robe praying, Oh, our Father, Thou art awesome, and everybody else was going. Just checking everybody out. That's when you looked around and said, That girl looks good. Make a little mental note. Um but when I went to my first Pentecostal church, I didn't know it was Pentecostal because it said Baptist on the sign. They were like one of those undercover Pentecostal churches. And I walked in, and the pastor got up and said, Now, let's all pray together. And then I, I wet my pants because they all started praying. And it was loud, and it was crazy, and I think somebody was dancing. I think somebody prayed on their head. It was nuts. Like somebody stood up, It was just, uh, wow. (laughs) That's unbelievable. So I've been in some weird stuff, okay? I've seen people do weird things. Um, I've heard people speak in other languages, and you weren't sure what they were saying. And then when they told you what they said, you weren't even sure if that was from God. I mean, I've seen the, the bizarre, okay? So let's talk about, if I can, my job today is to try to take some of the spooky out of the Holy Spirit. All right? Can I try to do that? All right? Here we go. Let's just talk about what happened when they received the Holy Spirit. So number two is the result of the gift. If you want to put like 2A, receiving the gift, that's cool. But I'm just going to walk you through the first few verses of chapter 2. And let's just talk about what happened when they received the gift. Number one they were together in one place. That's what verse 1 says. So I'm going, t- I'm going to make this statement to you. We cannot expect the power of God to be poured out on the people of God until we're one in God. Now when I say one in God, I don't mean let's get all of the false religions together that say that God's God and now we're all going to be one. I mean one under Jesus Christ, okay? But if we're in a church like this and we're all fighting all the time, we can't expect the power of God, right? You just can't. They were all together in one place. Um, number, verse 2 says suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Yes. Now, look, how many of you would be honest enough to say, I have been praying and waiting on God to answer a specific prayer for a very long time? Raise your hand. He you still had not answered it. Here's a great thing for you. That word suddenly, I love that word. It might take a long time for God to answer your prayer, but when he answers your prayer, it happens like that suddenly they're hanging out in a room they're waiting we talked about that last week waiting on God trusting in God they're waiting waiting when's it gonna happen boom there it is suddenly suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting when he fills he doesn't fill some he doesn't fill a portion he filled the whole house now, when we read this, here's what we think in our mind. We think total chaos. Like that Baptist church that was really Pentecostal that I went to, that's what I picture. Like there was wind blowing. It's like holding on. Or hair's going crazy. If they had hair, toupees are flying off. You know, people are just saying weird stuff. What? And, but it doesn't even say wind blew, did it? I mean, if we really just read it the way it is in the Bible, it just says that there was a sound like rushing wind. And here's why I think that happened. Because I think these people were a lot like we are. And they just needed God to go, hey! Some, (laughs) yes, something's happening. Here it comes. I I really think so. Yeah, and if you're, again, if you're a parent, you get this. You ever talk to your kids? Or, you know what, let's leave parents and kids alone. Let me just talk to the, the wives in the room. You ever try to get your husband's attention when he's watching TV? hmm Then you understand the sound like rushing wind. Because you're like, um, honey. Hey, honey. Um, honey. Honey! Right? And I think sometimes God has to do that. It's like, look, I told you to wait for the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so you're, that's good. You're in the upper room. And I'm ready to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, um, hey. <laughs> and now I went, whoa. Whoa. Let me just get your attention here. We're fixing to do something, all right? And then what happened? It gets weirder. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now, we went to, we went to Chicago. Yeah, see these people doing this right here because we, we heard Reinhardt Bonnke talking. He was like, it just looked like this, flames of fire on their head. But you know what the deal is? I mean, I read all the commentaries, everything. It was like fire, like real fire am i the only one that thinks that's weird that's fire on their head why just ask me why it's my chance to be brilliant here we go because what did jesus tell them in acts chapter one verse eight he said that they would receive power when the holy spirit came where on them and so I think if suddenly there'd just been like the sound of wind and then people start talking in other languages and stuff's going on that's weird, I really think the disciples, because they're like us, they would have kind of gone, um, what's happening right now? But because God understands how we are as humans, and again, let's just talk to the wives. If you've ever seen your husbands try to find a place and they get lost, they don't usually want to ask directions right away. Now that we have garments, it's worse but garments can get you lost, and I know this because I went to I tried to go bowling at a person's house one time, because I typed into the Garmin, bowling, for bowling alley, and I ended up at Lana Bowling's house. So even they can get you messed up, right? So I think sometimes God understands how we are, and so He draws very specific maps for us. And so when they saw like I'm looking at film. Fire came down through the ceiling and splits off, and then there's, like, fire on his head. I think that they went, wait a second, fire. I think I've heard about that before. That means something. Oh, that's right, it represents the Holy Spirit. Wait a second, it's on his head. Bingo, Acts 1-8. And they went, oh, that's right, this is what Jesus was talking about. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, Oh, look all around the room, 120 people everybody's got like blue flame on their head and nobody's freaking out but the people that were looking at it i love that about god he knows exactly how we are so they're hanging out in a room they hear the sound like wind they see fire come down and then they speak in other tongues and this is where all of us are going to have a lot of questions which is why i'm not going to answer them is that fair enough I'm kidding. If you actually, what we're gonna do is this. This is admittedly where we're gonna have questions, and so next week, the whole week is about this right here. Okay. So today, I'm just giving you like the overview, and then next week we're gonna talk specifically about what exactly does that mean, speaking in other languages. But let's just overview it today. Okay. Here's what happens. Let's just ask what was said. Verses six and verses eleven. Verse six gives says they spoke. Known languages, it says here, when they heard this sound, meaning they being the people on the outside that were staying in Jerusalem, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. So they're all speaking in other languages. I've heard a man give this testimony. He's a um, pretty big speaker. He was in a Spanish speaking country, he knew no Spanish at all, and they called on him to preach. He said he knew one Spanish phrase. And so he said, "Um, God, what am I going to do? There's no translator. And God said, just say the one phrase you know. And so he got up, and he said the one phrase he knew, and 30 minutes later, he had finished preaching an entire sermon in Spanish. Perfect, fluent Spanish. When did you learn Spanish? Apparently, right now. That's kind of what happened here. They're just suddenly, they're speaking, and it wasn't like people went, oh, you've been doing that thing where you learn languages on CD. That's awesome. No, what does it say? They were bewildered because they knew, aren't these just Galileans? How is it, verse 8, how is it that each of us hears in our own native language? Verse 11 says what they said. So for just a second, forget the fact that suddenly they're speaking in other languages, and it's a little bit weird, and now we're all wondering if that's going to happen to us. Let's just focus on what they actually said. Verse 11 says this, they heard them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. And now you can see the result of the gift of God. We know the reason he gave it, so that they would have power, so that they could be witnesses so they could point people to Jesus, what was the result of the gift? The result of the gift was that everybody there heard in their own language the wonders of God, and I don't want you to miss um, that miracle, okay, so here's what I want you to do, take a deep breath, I'm going to count to three, and then all of you at the same time, I don't want you to scream, I just want you to talk, all of you at the same time are just going to start saying whatever you want to say, going to give you 10 seconds, okay, you ready? Everybody, clearing their throat. <coughs> One, two, three, go. All right, that's good. Stop. Now, if I were to ask each one of you um, if you could describe the stuff that you heard, the only one I heard for sure was Stop Talking Paul. I did hear that, okay, which won't be happening for another ten or so minutes. Um, But for the most part, what I heard was a roar in the room. Am I right? Okay. So what happened on this day was about the same number of people did exactly what you said, all in different languages, and the people that needed to hear it, didn't just hear it, they heard clearly the wonders of God in their own language. And to me, that's a miracle. We couldn't pull it off speaking the same language. But they pulled it off with many different languages. And why is that? Because God is so intent that people would hear his wonders, that they would hear about Jesus, that he gave them the power to speak in languages that they did not know. And the miracle was not just in them saying the language, but in the fact that people actually heard the language and without microphones. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. The result of the power of the Holy Spirit is always, always, everybody say always. Always Always people pointing to Jesus because that's what the holy spirit's job is the minute we become the model in the photo shoot is the minute that we've missed the point number three last one the reaction to the gift what was the reaction to the gift we've got 120 people with fire on their heads spanish is coming out of their mouths and a bunch of foreigners are hearing the wonders of god in their own language it wasn't really spanish let's close out today by talking about this the reaction that people had to the gift on the disciple side I'd like to think they were a little bit excited. I, I don't know how you would be if you opened your mouth and another language came out that you knew that you had never learned and it was fluent. But I think they'd be a little bit involved, not passive. I've got a little cute commercial I'm gonna show you that'll kind of drive the point home. Can you guys see okay? You this chicken sandwich is amazing. Yeah. Uh, why do we have to inhale when we talk? Trust me if you exhale flames will shoot out of your mouth What? It- no! no! He me! 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 said the heat is on the new DQ flamethrower chicken sandwich and the original flamethrower burger cuz one So I don't I don't know how you would be if you were opening your mouth and something was coming out, but I'm pretty sure you would be active, right? So, we know, can you imagine the disciples going up to their friends to try to explain how they're now speaking in Medes, the, the language of the Medes, and all they can do is speak in the language of the Medes? It'd be like that, except maybe not fire coming out. Okay, so you would be, be involved. Am I right about that? Is that fair to say? But what about the people? I mean, I get how the church reacted, like this is cool, all in other languages. But how did the people react? That's the question for today. Verse 7 says this, utterly amazed, they being all the people around, utterly amazed, they asked, are not these men who are speaking Galileans? I want you to focus on the phrase utterly amazed. In the King James, here's what it says. It says, they were all amazed and marveled. The NIV, of course, uses the phrase utterly amazed. Now, I want to break that phrase down, and then we'll wrap up with the big idea. The two words mean very different things. Amazed literally means this, thrown out of position or displaced. Can I say something that's going to sound a little bit crude, but I think if I say it, you'll get it? Basically, it means they got their panties in a wad. Okay? <laughs> you said panties. Um, that's what it means. It means that they heard, they saw, they heard, their, they heard the gospel in their own language, but they didn't quite know what to do about it, and they got a little bit beside themselves. They kind of was like, what is that? The second word means to wonder and to admire. It basically means that they leaned in a little bit closer to observe so that they could learn more okay? Are you with me so far? I want to make sure you got those two words because then I want to wrap it up with one, one simple statement at the top of your page. The first word means, huh, oh, what's that about? And we've all met people like that, you know, they see something different and they don't react with, that's cool, they go, hmm, hmm, ah, ah. love people like that. But the second word means that even though their first reaction was, Ugh, they went, wait a second, they just pressed in a little bit more. They were amazed, and then they marveled and so here's the question if the disciples had tried to play down the awkwardness of the gift then they would have kept the power on the down low and the outsiders would have never gotten to the observation step at this point you're going that's awesome preaching i got no clue what it means for me today The same power that infuses us, and I love the word infuse, okay? Uh, Anybody cook here? Anybody do bacon? Uh, Not not eat bacon, because I eat bacon, but baking. When you infuse something, you you know, like, it's kind of like you just take flavor and you put it on the inside. And so somebody takes a bite of something and goes, oh, what is that I taste in there? It's really good. kind of like jelly-filled donuts. (laughs) <laughs> they're infused with jelly and if they're really good you take a bite and it just drips everywhere it's awesome and you lick your fingers and people think you're weird but infuse when the power of the holy spirit is in us we literally are infused with the power of god that's what happened to these guys that's when don't open your mouth ah, ah, you're infused and when you open your mouth it comes out that's but you know what the same power that infuses us confuses them now, we live in an age where everything's about being seeker-sensitive, right? And we, well, look, we want people to come in here that don't know Jesus, and we want you to feel comfortable being around us because we're not going to, like, throw you out because you, you know, because you root for the wrong team or because you're not serving Jesus or whatever. I mean, we love everybody, right? But at some point, at some point, the Bible says that the message of the cross will convict It does make us uncomfortable. Like earlier today, you know, if you've never prayed before, and and I'm telling you, not only pray and thank God for something good he's done, but hold the hand of somebody next to you while you do it. (laughs) I mean, you're like, dude, I like you and all, but you have stepped off of some cart that was for crazy people, and I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm not doing that. And you can walk out and go, well, that was uncomfortable. Well, sometimes it is, right? And so if we take, I mean, can you imagine if they were having a strategy session in the upper room and they went, look, here's how we're going to take the the city for Jesus. We're going to fit in. We're going to be just like them. We're even going to listen to Coldplay. So we can be, and we're going to dress like them and they're going to look at us, they're not going to think there's anything different about us and then slowly over time, Jesus on the inside of us is going to seep out of us and seep into them. And they won't even know what hit them. Like the Trojan horse method of evangelism. God's plan was, I'm going to put fire on top of your head. I'm going to make you talk in other languages. I'm going to do something in you that's so bizarre, people are going to gawk at you. And all I'm telling you is, Now, whatever it means for us today, we'll talk about next week. But all I'm telling you is this, whether it's about Pentecost, speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit, or just living a radically obedient life for Jesus Christ, you are going to have to wrap your brain around this. If you're not willing to have people gawk at you, you will never live a life full of the power of God. Period. It's just not going to happen. Because at some point, the world will go, what's wrong with you? But the great news is this, if, if we hang in through that stage, the next stage will be, I know there's something wrong with you, but dude, it's working. Tell me some more about it. That's what happened. That's what happened. Let me try to wrap it up like this. If I gave you $5, you'd be thankful, right? you know, as a matter of fact, let's do that. Let's give somebody $5. Um, if you look under your chair, somebody under your, somebody here under your chair, I think there's like a yellow post-it note. If you've got it, this $5 is yours. Go ahead and look under. I mean, it's, it's under one of these chairs. I have no idea which one it is. If it's under the person that said, stop talking, Paul, I'm keeping the $5. Is there, is there a post-it note under a seat? Did you look? I'm not tricking. There is. There is. I'm going to give this $5 to somebody. No, it should be stuck up to the bottom of your seat unless it fell off. Is it under the seat next to you? Look at the seat next to you. It might be under the one that's not being sat in. Do you have it really? Can you pull it off? Okay, guys, go ahead and pull it up here. I want you guys to know I'm not tricking you. So you got the yellow post-it note? There's your $5. Fantastic. Now, here's the deal, okay? Let's wrap this up. I got one more clip for you to look at in just a minute if you can get that ready. Um, I give $5. Here's what I don't expect. Well, here's first what I do expect. I expect her to say thank you, which she did. And I expect her to share it with me, which she, no, I'm just kidding, it's yours. But what I, do, what I really don't expect her to do is to jump up and down and go crazy and run around the room and stand on chairs, Woo! yeah, I don't expect that, but... If you won a million dollars, I think you would react a little differently. Let's watch this clip. All right, welcome back to Price is Right. Million Dollar Showcase, Michael and Jason. Uh, I'm going to tell you how much you got. Uh, remember, for either one of you, was win thousand dollars. The actual retail price, your showcase, you win a million dollars. Jason, you had the two Lincolns. You had two of everything there. $70,000 is what you bid. Actual retail price, $80,578, a difference of 10 Thousand five hundred seventy-eight dollars. Michael, you had the trip, car. You bet forty-two thousand five hundred. Actual retail price <laughs> is forty-two thousand nine hundred eighty-nine. Four hundred eighty-nine dollars. today. Thanks for watching Price is Right. Don't get to get the pets spayed and neutered. It's very important. Congratulations to Michael, our newest billionaire. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Was anybody else ex- I was expecting him to elbow that lady in the green dress. I mean, he was, he was like, I'll pay for the pets to be spayed and neutered at this point. I don't even care. The point is this. Listen. And we're going to close up. The greater the gift, the greater the reaction. Just jot that down on your sheet. The greater the gift, the greater the reaction. And you and I have been given a gift in the Holy Spirit that not only empowers our lives, but sets us apart so that people can watch us and see that we're different. When the Holy Spirit sets us apart so others ask us why we're different, it opens the door for us to tell them about Jesus. And like we said from the very beginning, we are a church about Jesus, it is our job to point to just like the photographer yesterday, standing apart, snapping pictures. The photographer looked a little bit strange. We didn't. We just sat there and smiled, without the awkward neck. We just ate ice cream. We just walked across the street holding hands, and she just did all the snapping. She was the one standing up on weird things and like at one point laying down and taking pictures, looking. She was the one that looked weird, and because she was willing to do that. People asked her, why are you doing that? What is it about them? That's what the Holy Spirit does. So here's the big idea. Write this at the top of your page. Never extinguish what is meant to distinguish you. And you're like, did you have to use extinguish? Because I don't even know how to spell that. E-X-T-I-N-G-U-I-S-H. Never extinguish what is meant to to distinguish you god is actually in the process of setting you apart so that people will actually notice you and ask you why are you set apart and we're too busy trying to diminish that and he's like don't do that like i'm intentionally doing things that will put you over there so people will ask you why you're over there and we're like i don't want to be i don't want to stand out. i'll come over here he did not call you to blend in He calls you to be set apart. Just like the gift of the Holy Spirit marked the early church as different and opened the door for them to point at them, for people to point at them as they pointed to Jesus, we will live with the power of the Holy Spirit and we will find ourselves sometimes gawked at, but if we don't hide what makes us different, ultimately they'll see us pointing them to Jesus Christ. That's the overview of what happens in Acts chapter 2. He gives them the power of the Holy Spirit so that they can be his witnesses. Their their response to that, their reaction is, we're different, but we're different for a reason. And I'm going to share with you what Jesus is doing in my life. That's what God wants to do in me, in you, in our church, is fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can live lives that are set apart so that the world around us, although they will not understand and they will at times think that you're weird, they'll ask us, what is it about you that makes you so different? And we'll point them to Jesus. Let's pray.